0: Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Seal of Approval.
1: Hello there, and welcome back to Seal of Approval, the podcast bringing you weekly judgments on the latest movie news and reviews. I'm Callum, your host, and today I'm joined by my two guests, Nat and Saul. Hello! Hello. (laughs) Uh, Nat, to introduce yourself, tell us one of your top 25 movies of all time.
2: I just watch movies and I like most of them. I'm a very optimistic viewer, (laughs) but one of my top 25... Corpse Bride, Tim Burton. Oh, mm, really pulls you're a on the heartstrings there. That's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. That's me.
1: Very, very grim. It's um, <laughs> it <was> kind of <laughs> a, a good, a good insight into that. Uh, it's a great way to start,
2: isn't it? Oh, I'm, I'm a mystery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Same goes for you, Saul. Uh, do you want to give us another of your favorite films?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of now that we're on the Tim Burton stream, am I'm, I'm wondering if I give one of his. Ooh. Do you know what? I'm going to say Beetlejuice. Hey,
2: a- yeah. Oh, wow,
0: well, yes.
2: We're all a little creepy on the inside.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? It was just one of those movies that as a um te- a young teenager, I should probably shouldn't have been able to watch it. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But, I, but I was, and I just have uh, memories of, you know the weird and wacky things that happen in Beetlejuice and it was just one of the first movies that I'd seen where just things were just really weird and wacky and it was a totally different world and you could just like it was just so different
2: yeah absolutely nothing makes sense in the yeah. best way possible
0: yeah exactly and that's why I really that's why I really like it
2: yeah, and the Banana Boat song. Du- 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 you might get copyrighted, so I'll stop there. Um. <laughs> oh, yes,
1: thank you. So- I'm sure the bots will pick up on that from your, your yeah. rendition. I'm
2: so good <laughs> at that.
0: <laughs> I don't know what age rating Beetlejuice is, though. So I may uh, have egg on my face when this comes out, <laughs> when my wife is like, why were you allowed to watch that?
1: <laughs> and I'm going to add in Mission Michelin- Impossible Fallout for me, sir. So- I'm not actually a massive Tim Burton fan. Off the top of my head, I can't even think of one of his movies that I like. So, sorry to l- let the team down. Not even Edward Scissorhands. No, I actually hated that movie.
2: What about The Big Fish? Nope. nope. I can
1: agree. I hated The Big Fish.
2: What? I freaking love The Big Fish. As
1: much as I like you, McGregor. Sorry.
2: Ah, oh, come on. The soundtrack on that. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I didn't come here for my <laughs> for my movie expertise. I came here because I studied radio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nat, you you are living up to being a
1: movie optimist. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now now that we've let everybody judge our tastes, let's uh, move on to the all-important points, and we start, as you might expect, with round one. Movie news highlights of the week. In this round, I offer up clues to each of my guests, and they gain a point if they correctly guess which movie news item it refers to. So let's start with Saul this week. Yes. Okay, first clue for you, Saul. Which spider might end up in a chocolate factory?
0: Oh, yes. Um, Tom Holland is being, what are they saying? Being touted as being in the Willy Wonka prequel. Um, and I do know that fans of the originals do not like it.
1: Yes, yes. No, you are quite right. That's uh, so, uh, Warner Brothers has set an official release date uh, for the Charlie and Chocolate Factory prequel that will focus on the origins of Willy Wonka, and the studio is looking at either Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet for the lead role.
2: Timothy chalamet <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, so who, who would you cast? Either. Of you.
2: I don't know. If, if
1: you had to.
0: <laughs> I mean, are the, it, that's a tough one. I think I'd probably, if you want to capitalize on Tom Holland's popularity at the moment,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'd probably go with him.
2: Yeah, you'd get every 13 to 21-year-old girl in the theater to watch that.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, you yes, would. Good, good point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't didn't um, both the previous Willy Wonkers, like, they weren't keen on the on the prequel, right? They were both like both Johnny Depp and oh, who's, sorry. Tell me who the other Willy Wonka was, the old guy. Gene Wilder.
1: Ah, Hello, yeah. Who are you looking for?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they both were just like, "Oh, why does it need a prequel?" And I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, Willy Wonka's kind of good, right? <laughs> just leave it where it is. Yes.
1: Yeah, well, I, uh, I was going to ask, is a prequel a good idea? Oh. I completely agree that it is not a good idea. So. I don't know. I,
0: I disagree. I, I kind of want to see before the Charlie stage.
2: You mean you weren't satisfied with the dentist background story that they gave us and the Tim Burton one?
0: <laughs> no, that needs, that needs to be fixed. That, <laughs> that is a Tim Burton movie that I am not happy with. <laughs> that needs to be fixed.
1: I would have to agree. I think Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka is <laughs> just weird. Uh, I'm assuming they were trying to do a parody or they're inspired by Michael Jackson <laughs> <laughs> um, in his later life. I don't know. I, I definitely got those kind of vibes. but yeah, yeah,
0: it wasn't a good Willy Wonka. I mean, he I didn't like the way he portrayed him.
2: It was just kind of unsettling.
1: Which kind of sums up Tim Burton in in general, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. That's I, mean, I think
0: that's that's Tim Burton. I think I've read a quote from him: is that you know the if the audience isn't feeling unsettled, then he hasn't done his job basically. Mm. And that's why he, what makes his movie so good is because he actually pulls you into it and makes you feel just as weird and awkward and and nervous as the actual character. So
2: gotta love it.
1: Or not, in my case. Um, <laughs> yes. I was not a fan of Tim Burton's version, uh, as much as I love Christopher Lee. Did you both like the original movie? Yeah. Yeah, the original with,
0: with Gene Wilder.
2: The soundtrack. Cheer yeah. Charlie is like my favourite song of all time. Okay. So. <laughs> you can trash my movie taste, not my music taste.
0: I wouldn't say it would be the best music of all time.
2: No, but Cheer Up Charlie is like one of my personal favourite songs. It's just so sweet. It's like a little, little mum wanting to sing to her son. Like, who doesn't love that?
1: All right, all right. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I totally skipped all of that right up to the point that Charlie gets his golden ticket. Yeah. <laughs> a, on the VHS, uh, <laughs> fast forward it right through. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they heard it just super fast. <laughs>
0: Get through the boring parts.
1: Yeah, exactly. The original, it's funny, I'm, I'm torn because I like most of the movie. I think it's fun. But the ending, it always used to confuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where Willy Wonka kind of blows up at Charlie. And obviously in the movie, they change it so that Charlie and actually do make a mistake themselves and that they try what the, uh, the bubble burp? Yeah, the yeah. bubble juice. Yeah. Z- yeah. Pop the flying thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, that kind of, as much as I like the rest of the movie, almost devalues the point of it because, you know, from a writing standpoint, how are they then different from
2: everyone else? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Any of the other kids who also acted up, you know, other than the fact that he gives back the gobstopper, which I don't know, it never, never seemed to make sense to me. Yeah.
0: I mean, a world where there's never ending gobstoppers and chewing gum that turns into full on meals and people turning into blueberries and being sucked up a Chocolate tube is it's super realistic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change the writing of the internal consistency of the world <laughs> that they have created. No, you're right. I, I totally agree with you. Broken. Broken. <laughs> no, it's just the ending. So, in my opinion, I would actually be down for another reboot, but I'm I'm not sure whether I would be down for a prequel. I don't ah. I'm not sure the prequel's necessary. But I could you. I'd be interesting in seeing
0: another rendition. Could you not see a prequel leading on to a new reboot, like doing a whole new, like
2: whole new Wonka?
0: Whole new, yeah, a whole new world of Charlie and and Willy Wonka and just making it their own. The um, Road Dial Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would be disastrous.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just now picturing like the uh, the giant crocodile.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and then, George's marvelous medicine.
1: Yeah, all converging Twitches. into one cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> do, you, do you know they did they did do a reboot recently of the witches, and that did not go down well. So
1: <laughs> uh, I I haven't seen it myself. But I don't know if have either of you seen. No, I've only
0: read. I've only read reviews.
2: Yeah. I I saw the picture of Anne Hathaway with her joker mouth and I was just like, "Oh, maybe not. Ooh, maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's been like that every day since. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, fair fair <laughs> enough. Um, that's that's partially why I've avoided it as well. Uh, but you never know. <laughs> maybe I'll check it out at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To be honest, the CGI ma- mice kind of put me off a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Okay, well, in that case, we'll move on, but I'll leave you with a quote that I found on Twitter, but it kind of sums up my thoughts on it. And he says, I think the bigger discussion is that the more you explain Willy Wonka, the less interesting he becomes as a character. He is an absolute mystery, which lends him power.
2: Ooh, I like that.
1: I lean towards agreeing with that, but so you're more than entitled to enjoy the, the Wonka prequel when it comes out in two years' time.
0: I was about to say, that sounds more like a Tim Burton quote than anything else.
2: It's him on Twitter just trying to get people to stick with his vision. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just, he's just trash-talking <laughs> like, Yeah, that. that. That idea sucks, right? <laughs> the Burton movie was way better.
2: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. a dentist. Deal with it. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, okay, so now I have a clue for Nat. So uh-huh. uh, Here you go, Nat. First first test. Which fans can tell you how they got these scars? Oh, 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 oh,
2: oh, 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 oh. Wasn't it? It was uh, Heath Ledger's 13th. The 13th anniversary of his death, right? Is that what you're going it, for? Yeah,
1: spot on. Oh, yeah. oh no. Nice. correct. Maybe Tragedy. don't sound so
2: excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just excited <laughs> to be participating and, you know, getting something sort of half right.
1: That is definitely a, a point to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it is 13 years since Heath Ledger tragically passed away. First question for you guys How many Heath Ledger movies have you seen?
2: Ooh, probably uh, just the three. <laughs> what was that? What was it? The 10 Things I Hate About You, Dark Knight, and there was that other one, Night's Yeah. A
1: Night's yes.
2: Yeah, those three. Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein or whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. That's actually my favorite one that he did. I know he did a great job being the Joker, but I think a much lighter character uh, was better for him.
1: Yeah, I, I actually agree. I love that
0: movie.
2: Yeah. He's also, he was also beautiful. Did you see that? Have you guys seen that? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> That's um. the female perspective here. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> That's why we have you on the show now. Yeah. Because, uh, Thank diversity. you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can't deny it. What was it? There was that one interview that he did, and oh, he just like made out with the interviewer. He oh, was yeah. just why? standing there. And then she asked a dumb question, and he's like, What? And then he's like, blah, blah. And then that, that was it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He he had an interesting relationship with the media.
2: Yeah, to say the least. Uh,
1: especially in his hometown of Australia. I think they're proved to be unfounded. I'm not sure. But the paparazzi claimed that he had spat at them on the set of one of his movies, and that another family member had also spat at them when they tried to you know, invade their personal space. Um,
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) retaliated. Ah.
1: To the point that the paparazzi on the red carpet of Brokeback Mountain actually sprayed water pistols at him in retaliation. So so there you go. Good for them. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Despite him being loved by most fans of his movies. Mm. uh, Yeah, clearly he just had a bit of an interesting relationship with the media until he passed away, of course, and then everybody. Everyone loved him everyone loved him which leads me to his next question do you think his reputation is warranted everybody seems to think he was an amazing actor and do you think that's fair
2: i think yeah. he covered he covered some he, there was a lot of diversity in the characters that he played for sure and he did them all pretty well i found the, most of them believable and isn't that what you want from a good like a good story is believable characters lovable characters haters hateable characters I think he did good, and I think he's worth the hype to just how it all ended, really.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, you had a conversation about method actors a, a, a couple podcasts back, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, because he was a little... I don't know if he was a, a huge method actor or if he was... But I've heard that he was quite... He would get into his character even off set. I think he was one of the better actors of that era, to be honest. I don't don't think you could have stuck someone in A Knight's Tale and then told them a minute later to be the Joker, Mm. um, Mm. and and they would have just hit the nail with both of those characters and done them so well. I mean, Jared Leto tries, but.
1: (laughs) But, (laughs) It's it's, it's interesting that um, actually, When Christopher Nolan first announced that he had chosen uh, Heath Ledger for the role of Joker, there was a bit of immediate uproar because nobody thought we could do it. You know, They knew him from these lighter hearted movies and obviously Christopher Nolan saw his potential, uh, which uh, fortunately for us, yes, originally they they didn't have much faith in him, but he definitely proved them wrong. I don't know how much of a method actor he was in his other roles, but definitely he and better the joker and that probably led to uh, some of the issues that contributed to his death I would have yeah. thought, with his insomnia and etc he apparently said that there was nights where he'd only get about two hours sleep during the shooting of it because his mind just wouldn't shut down from the role which is pretty crazy
2: that's terrifying oh. imagine being stuck in of all the characters you could get stuck in getting stuck in the joker 24 7 no thank you
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean pretty terrifying for everyone working with him <laughs> um yeah, true, true. <laughs> i'm trying to put this nicely or correctly he ended on a great note though didn't he he like
1: mm-hmm.
0: doing that movie that is one of the absolute classic batman movies and if you ask anyone what one of their favorite batman movies were i would say most people would say that would be in the top 2
1: if oh you. for sure i mean yeah. it's it's actually probably one of my top movies period uh, let alone uh, batman movies just so well crafted uh, and <laughs> and his character obviously plays a massive part in that in fact that's actually why the dark knight rises the writing for that movie isn't quite so tight because the original plan was for the joker to return and he's sort of the catalyst which then introduces bane into the story mm. Yeah, they, they had to go through some major rewrites after his passing, which is uh, obviously a shame. What, they they
0: didn't want to CGI him, CGI him into the movie like they seem to be doing with every Star Wars movie? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <yeah.
1: laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> My last question for you guys, for this particular item. Is there a movie role that you wish Heath Ledger could have played? Ooh, if he'd still been around, is there anything that you would have liked to cast him in? Willy Wonka.
2: <laughs> yeah. Prequel or the remake?
1: <laughs> to be honest, I think I'd probably be down for either. Like, uh, <laughs> that's actually not a bad shout. I mean, I kind of laughed at first, but then, yeah, even as, as a reboot, I could definitely see that. Uh, like I say, I'm still not sold on a prequel idea, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, not a bad shout. Yeah, I'm trying to think what superhero cast him as. No, he's got to.
0: You've got to cast him as a villain. You can't cast him as a superhero now. If he had been in Suicide Squad, totally different movie.
2: Oh yeah. See, now I just kind of want to see him in, like how Callum was saying earlier. I want to see that that storyline now when he's the catalyst for Bane and everything because that sounds cool. I just want to see him come back as that iconic character that we all know and love and hate at the same time. That would yes. be cool. Yes.
1: Yeah, although actually thinking about it, I think I'd really be down for Adam Warlock, you guys might not be familiar with. (laughs) is a character in the comics, in the Marvel comics, who was teased at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in the final post-credit scene, I think. Or one of them, they had like five post-credit scenes in that movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And essentially he is this super being that is created and... In the comics, he has a lot to do with defeating Thanos and things like that, but obviously that, that yeah. didn't happen. But
0: He's that he's the one that crazy gold lady uh, makes.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, spot on. So I think actually that would be really cool to see him.
0: That would be cool.
1: But yeah. Okay, well, moving on, I'll open this next clue up to either of you. So the first person to jump in with the right answer gets the point. Here you go. Which character may not have had end endgame? Just yet.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Captain God, America. Was...
1: Oh. I'm afraid I have to give that one to Saul. Oh. Captain America. Chris Evans has been in talks to return as Captain America and is close to finalizing a deal, apparently, to bring back Steve Rogers in at least one movie and potentially a second. But uh, you are also right, Nat. So I'll definitely give you half a point for that. Half a point. <laughs> the creator of Thanos believes that the Mad Titan will also be back via the the new Eternals movie. Yeah, but we'll see how that plays I've out. I've just
2: seen all the memes flying around with like the little baby Thanos, and they're like, "Oh, he's back! Oh, looking up!" <laughs>
1: well, oh yeah, a Thanos prequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <can you> <laughs> spoiler warning: Thanos actually is Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, <wow.
2: laughs> And it's going to be a CGI Heath Ledger. Oh, oh! No,
0: <laughs> no, Thanos. Thanos is his dentist dad.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true. <laughs> um, there, I did. I did read a, an interesting article about Falcon Anthony Mackie not being salty at all and being happy that Captain America was going to return if oh. that happened.
2: <laughs> really, I think he's lying through his teeth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably would be happy to work with Chris Evans again because I think they are actually mates. But yeah, in terms of what it means for his character and the limelight, I doubt he's that thrilled.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but but that leads me to the question: Is it right for him to return?
0: The only way I can see him returning is if it's an offshoot with the infinity stones or something like that it's not a big role you know he comes in as a side part of the story yeah because he's suddenly they've they've done something weird again maybe dr strange creates the multiverse whatever or opens it all up and he's there or he's doing something with the stones and he's not old and creepy anymore
1: if if that makes (laughs) sense (laughs) So, you're not keen for a wrinkled Steve Rogers? (laughs) Little
2: pruney Steve. Little pruney Steve (laughs) Rogers.
1: Chris Evans originally said, and has been saying since Endgame came out, that Endgame was his last appearance and, and he was putting it behind him. He very much appreciated the journey, but, you know, it's right for the character to retire. So, do you think he should stick to his guns? Or is it okay that he's now apparently taking the paycheck
2: i think it's i think he should stick to his guns i like i i just don't like the emotional turmoil as a fan to have all of this stuff done and then it's like oh it's not that bad because they're coming back in the next movie you know i hate it when they do that and with when it comes to like the mcu and superheroes in general there are so many loopholes where they can be like oh new timeline blah blah blah." or uh they travel back in time, blah, 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 Or parallel universe, different dimension. There's so many different things that they can do with it. Like one or two would be all right, but they've already done the time traveling thing with Endgame. Yeah. And it's like, uh, uh, just just let them go. <laughs> just just yeah. let the end be the end and give us something new. Like I love Chris Evans, believe me. <laughs> I love myself <laughs> some Captain American. But it's like, it's just don't undo all the hard work that you've done in building this universe by just bringing back characters because you felt like it or because you think the fans will be happier with it. will be happier with a good, cohesive story.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: that's exactly my feeling.
1: I'm leaning towards the idea, and here you go, conspiracy theory for you guys. <laughs> I wonder if it's anything to do with the fact that they feel that the MCU going forward actually has a lack of leadership that the fans can properly get behind, especially after the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, right? Mm. I I think people would have got behind Black Panther as the new sort of leader of the Avengers. I'm not sure if any of the other current characters are, are capable of... Of leading an Avengers movie. So I'm I'm, yeah, I'm gonna throw that out there. That that's yeah. that's why they're kind of trying to angle to bring him back.
0: I was curious and I am curious to see how they were gonna all connect it and who they were gonna bring in. I mean, were they gonna try and make Captain Marvel the leader? Because everyone else has they've not been the like the core group. They've just been add ons to most of the movies. Um, they've you know they've not been the lead character, unless you're Ant Man, but he's never going to lead the Avengers. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you oh, know what that's I mean. Like, yeah, none of them have, None of them. You could really go. You could really go. Oh yeah, no. They've been at the lead of this whole um, storyline, or this this event, or this kind of crisis that's happened. They've, they've just been the guys that they call in to assist. So, I just don't. I I wanted to see how they were going to connect it all and create a new group. There was, they would have to have another, you know, another moment where they faked killing someone and then bring them back on a TV episode so that the group would be cohesive.
1: Well, that's the thing. I I like Doctor Strange and Benedict Cumberbund. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I (laughs) I, I like his Doctor Strange, but again, I'm not sure whether he's the right character to lead. Again, I like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I don't think
2: No, 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 no. I would way. appreciate
1: him leading the Avengers. Brie Larson is incredibly annoying as a person, and her character is also poorly written and too overpowered, so I'm definitely not down for her.
0: Yeah, I was watching some interviews where she's just like it just like it's so annoying just seeing her getting interviewed. And that's all I can see when I see her is Captain Marvel.
1: Yeah, well, her attitude almost comes out on screen, and it's it's not enjoyable. I look, I would have loved Captain Marvel if one, the writing would be a bit better in that movie, but mm. also if they'd had Emily Blunt or just a more likable actress.
2: Yeah, every time I look at her, I see her character from what Scott Pil- Scott Pilgrim Scott,
1: Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. hate her, and I don't want to punch her face. But then I'm like, oh. She'll probably kill me <laughs> yeah.
1: it's funny when we're, when I was watching Endgame in the in the cinemas uh, on the opening night, mm. everybody cheered when Thanos punched her with the power stone <laughs> <laughs> so, so clearly she's not the person to lead the next event. I just don't get
0: how she is so powerful. I just don't get where that fits in the story. like she's so powerful yet she just disappeared. And, like, the whole universe is...
1: Uh, well, the, well they had to make myth, it disappear yeah. for the movie because otherwise the movie wouldn't happen if she was around because she's just too powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> and that that is the problem with the MCU, is that they haven't properly established the power levels and it kind of messes with the... You know, it's like, oh, are they actually in danger now? Because I thought Hulk, Hulk is impervious to most things. Yeah. But now suddenly the Just wolf kidding. is fighting him. And yeah. yeah, so yeah. So it's a, a little bit inconsistent with there, but I, I think yeah, I I personally would rather Chris Evans leaves it behind him and the uh, same with Robert Downey Jr. Like I, I love them both, I think they're great in their roles, but let's move on.
0: Oh, it's definitely time for Robert Downey Jr. to leave the role. Yeah. Like he cannot come back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, it sounds of, personal, like, this, there. This, yeah, I know. It sounds like you're personally offended by Robert Downey Jr. earning 70 million from each time he <laughs> appears in an MCU movie. So. No, it's. I
0: mean, his storyline—they've closed it off. I mean, they—you know—they've closed it. They've actually fully closed the storyline off. Mm. With Captain America, it's possible because he had the stones. And he had to go back and put them back where they came from. And then also he's at the end of the movie, he's actually technically still around, but Iron Man, Tony Stark, he's not there. He's done. He's, he's gone. Gone. He's gone. Yeah. You don't bring, you don't bring him back. Like that's, that's called witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, I guess, I guess they could do it with the time stone and, and, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it would fit. I don't think it would go. It'd be good for the storyline to bring him back.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um like I said, I still, I think it's a massive shame that we don't have Chadwick Boseman anymore because I totally would have seen his Black mm. Panther leading the Avengers going forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, and with that, we're on to round two.
0: Mostly rotten.
1: In this round, my guests have to guess the Rotten Tomato scores for various movies, and the closest guess wins the points. Today, we're going to have a look at the Ledgerverse*. <laughs> First up is 10 Things I Hate About You. So, Nat, seeing as you're a fan of, of this movie, could you give us the critics' score?
2: Well, it's a lovey-dovey little rom-com moment. Surely they can't hate it that much, right? Surely. <laughs>
1: your guess nat My
2: guess is getting there. I'm gonna go with 70%.
1: Okay, and for you, Saul, what do you think the critics gave ten things I hate about you? I uh,
0: I don't think they gave him 70%. <laughs> um, I think that's your optimistic viewing.
2: Hey, <laughs> his hair in that movie is incredible.
0: Um, <laughs> that's that's what the critics are watching for. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: um, uh, I'm going to go with 59%.
1: I'm- 59%. Okay. Well, I can confirm that the critics were indeed looking at the waviness of Heath's hair. <laughs> and it is, in fact, 69%. Ah! Oh,
2: sh-
1: no way. <laughs> so, so very close. <laughs> <laughs> Aine. yeah. Who were I these critics? It.
2: They were all me. <laughs> all of these girls. <laughs> were me, and I had to bring it down from a hundred to make it less suspicious. You know, oh, and be like, yeah. what? What would people still believe? Not seventy, but sixty-nine. <laughs>
0: wow. I totally disagree.
2: <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> I,
1: I, look, I think the writing is fair enough. Rom-coms are totally not my genre, so I'm always going to be biased against them. Mm. But I will admit that out of rom-coms, I think the writing is better uh, than what you typically get. Uh, but uh, in that case, Saul, what do you think the audience gave the movie?
0: Oh, goodness me. I'm going to go 70%. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Seventy percent, okay. Uh, and for you, Nat,
2: I want to go higher, but I also think it would be funny if they accidentally rated it lower than the critics. So I'm going to go sixty-eight.
1: Sixty-eight
2: percent.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, this is the first time it's happened, but it's actually a tie between what? you both because it, it is the same as the critic score, sixty-nine <laughs> percent.
2: <laughs> You're kidding!
1: Yeah, so- wow. Well, we'll split the difference. How about a point to me? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, point for each of you, I reckon. Ooh.
2: Oh, everybody loves Heath. Everybody loves him. And what's, yeah. what's his name? The other little guy? Joseph? <laughs> Gordon? <laughs>
0: Gordon
1: Levitt.
2: Yeah, he was in it too, right?
1: Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: we'll move on to the next movie. Saul, so, do you want to give us the critic score for A Knight's Tale, your favourite Heath Ledger movie?
0: Oh, I've been... I've been rocked by that first one. Um,
2: <laughs> Just go with 69 again.
0: I liked the Knight's Tale, but that doesn't mean that critics liked it. I'm gonna go with 81%. 81%? Yeah, I'm okay. going high on this one, judging
1: by the last one. For you, net.
2: I don't know how well critics like Anton Ego from Ratatouille <laughs> would receive... <laughs> Isn't it like a a rocky musical based in medieval times? So I think they're going to rate it super low. So I'm going to go for like 49%. 49%.
1: Well, in that case, Nat, you get the point. It is 59%. Oh, Oh,
2: somebody make me a movie critic already. Like I know (laughs) these things.
1: Uh, Yes, uh, no, the critics uh, were not thrilled by Night's Tale. It's not a terrible score, but I'm pretty sure that means that it's not certified fresh. That might be rotten on there, however they rate it.
2: Well, they're wrong.
1: I I (laughs) 100% agree. Do you want to give us the audience score, then, Nat?
2: Okay, all right. I think everybody enjoyed it, so I'm going to go with a hearty 95%. 95%,
1: okay. 95% Ninety-five percent, for you, Saul. Are you, are
0: you? She's going ninety-five. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> in, in that case, I'm going to go ninety-four.
1: <laughs> well, in that case, uh, by using Charles's dirty tactics, uh, so <laughs> you have gained a point. Yeah. Actually, seventy-nine percent.
0: Oh, see, that's yeah. closer to what I thought the critics were going to do. No, I'm glad I used the dirty tactic there. Thank you very much. Filthy. <laughs> secure, secure
1: the point. <laughs> uh, so, and, and as punishment for that, all, do you want to give us the critic score for The Dark Knight?
0: The Dark Knight? Oh, 98.
1: Okay. And for you, Nat, what do you think The Dark Knight?
2: Um, I'm going to go... Because everybody, everybody loved that movie, right? Right. It was.
0: Ter- it was a terrible movie. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Zero. I'm going to go with ninety <laughs> three. Ninety three.
1: Ninety
2: three. I'm trying to get hints in Kellum's voice, but you're not giving anything away. Okay, so.
1: you're locked in at ninety-three uh, percent. <laughs> in that case, then uh, Nat, uh, you are right. It is ninety-four percent.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> how am I so good at this?
0: Can we get can we get some video evidence that it is not on her screen? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's what all these noises are about. She's just buying time while she. Well, I he type it, it in it, silently. Uh, all right, uh, Saul. Do you want to give us the audience score then? Not
0: really, judging by how I've been doing, but I will. Um, <laughs> the audience score. Oh, there's always there's always some haters. I'm gonna go ninety
1: ninety four. <laughs> ninety four <laughs> Okay, and for you, Saul. Uh, sorry, Nat.
2: Him. Oh no, I am Saul. He is Nat. I'll, have, I'll <laughs> have two.
1: I'll have two
0: votes. <laughs> two goes in it.
2: I would say ninety five. Ninety-five. Oh.
1: 95. <laughs> well 95. Sol, you are bang on. It is ninety-four <laughs> oh, percent. Yes. <laughs> Following uh... the pattern. Follow the pattern. Yes. Just just like 10 Things I Hate About You, The Dark Knight was received by the critics the same as the audience, so 94% for both of those scores.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And now for the final round, and we're back to... Movie news highlights of the week. We'll start this round with Nat. Mm. Your first clue. Which franchises life might not find a way?
2: What? Which franchise's life might not find a way? Yes,
1: I have a second clue if, if you need it.
2: Yes, please.
1: Okay, second clue. Which movie series has an asteroid headed towards it?
2: I am drawing a blank. I've got no clue. Have you got another have you got another clue? Or... Uh,
1: no, that, that's it. So if you if you need to pass it on, I can pass it to Saul.
2: An asteroid. Yep, yeah, give it to Saul. I'm sorry to disappoint all of my fans out there. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot think.
0: <laughs> I will gladly, gladly take this one.
1: Uh, so tell us what it is.
0: It is Jurassic Park. They are bringing it to the close. Yes. Am I? Yes, am I right?
1: They, yes. Yeah, you are the right thing got it got it <laughs> the uh, jurassic world 3 dominion will bring the entire jurassic franchise to a close so are you guys sad to see the jurassic movies go no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's i mean
0: as much as i like um chris pratt i just don't think that they encapsulated the the originals. They just didn't do them justice. I mean, the originals just seem so much more, um, I guess, less CGI'd. <laughs> so
2: much more less CGI.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just seemed better. They just seemed like I have more nostalgia for those ones, and the new ones just seem like you know a bunch of people running around hoping a dinosaur doesn't eat them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I haven't really been following it, to be honest. How many Chris Pratt movies have there been? Two. Yeah, and I think I've seen half of one and it wasn't that memorable. So, I, like, surely they go out with a bang in this last one and then they just leave it where it is and, and kind of leave it alone. <laughs> There's not... it. What do we know what the plot is looking like for this last one no
1: no real clues as to plot uh, but we do know that all of the original actors from the first movie will be returning for the final installment so that's that's fun i am keen to see that so that's sam neill uh, laura dern
0: jeff gordon jeff jeff can we get some more dad jokes in this one then where he climbs (laughs) climbs the electric fence and then shocks his kids (laughs) that makes me think like yeah it's I think it'll be a good movie with those actors included but yeah it definitely needs to come to a close the writing of the latest ones it just seemed like they were capitalizing on the history of the of the series rather than actually putting out good movies
2: With the name. They were just yeah, writing was, the name, eh? Every, everyone wants to, to see sure.
0: dinosaurs run around. Uh, what if dinosaurs were around today? Everyone wants to see that. But now we have Godzilla and King Kong for that. So we don't
1: need Jurassic
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's happening.
1: <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, because I think really, although I like the first three movies, I would say the only good one is actually the first, the original. Mm-hmm. I think the first trilogy is it's not really a trilogy. It's quite disjointed. Mm. They're more just standalone films. And so and then obviously, yeah, the Jurassic World movies, I've not been impressed with at all. Yeah. No real characters. Most of the CG, you know, it's kind of the original movies used the dinosaurs more sparingly. One, because obviously the CG wasn't as great, but also, you know, that almost helped them out you get enough with these interesting characters that they made and you don't have enough time to spend looking at cgi monsters that you know your brain automatically knows aren't real yeah i would love to have a jurassic movie that isn't connected to jurassic world almost like rebooting jurassic world but i just would like a really well written movie about dinosaurs i guess is what i'm
2: saying Aww. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just in case you
0: didn't know, part of Captain America returning is that he uh, mixes up the stones and he goes back in time all the way to the dinosaurs. So.
2: I'm all in for that. <laughs> yes, please.
0: Captain America getting uh, up some raptors.
1: Captain America's trying to bring dinosaurs back into IR time. So he's actually the villain in the movie. And Thanos, aka Willy Wonka, played by Heath Ledger is actually, (laughs) he's the hero of the story and he's trying to stop Captain America. Mm -hmm. That's a great storyline.
2: Yeah, uh, (laughs) I see no holes. I am ready for it.
1: So uh, I know Hollywood is listening to this podcast uh, regularly. So take notes.
2: (laughs) This is what the audience wants. This is what (laughs) we want.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) My final question then would be, How do you think the franchise will end? Will dinosaurs be removed from the earth in this movie? Or do you think they will take over in a kind of Planet of the Apes style?
0: Hmm. I think a plague comes and it starts with a C. (laughs) And then...
1: It wipes out. It's, that, it's, just, it's just a virus. The whole movie is the virus. Sam Neil trying to put masks on dinosaurs <laughs> and sanitizer.
2: Oh. <laughs> the T-Rex can't do it because <laughs> it's got the land.
0: And that's, how, that's how the end begins. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Uh, scratch that, Hollywood. This is the movie we want. Okay.
2: Coronavirus Rex. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: that's the best (laughs) now I would I don't know how they're going to end it like they tailor it to the mass public so it can't be just this gruesome scene at the end where the dinosaurs
1: actually eat everyone
2: I think they could do that that would be fun full hostile takeover
1: Uh, yeah I would give massive props to the writers Alright, okay, so place your bets now. Which way is it going to end? Dinosaurs rule or humans rule? Dinos.
0: I'm going to go opposite. Humans rule. Humans,
1: okay. Uh, I'm going to hope for dinos, but I think yeah, most likely end with humans. I don't know, the second Jurassic World movie was all about them flip-flopping between whether dinosaurs were going to be out in the real world or whether they were all going to be extinct and blah, 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 so
2: and they won't kill Chris Pratt.
1: Either way, I don't really care too much. But <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. But yes, uh, for all of uh, you listeners out there, you many, many listeners, place your bets as well. And we'll see when Jurassic World Dominion finally releases who who takes over the Earth. Moving on. Uh, now I have a clue for Saul. Which actor was thrown into Blockbuster Prison?
0: Blockbuster Prison what i am thinking at the moment give me another clue if i can get another
1: one oh uh, you certainly may clue number two who didn't appreciate being disney's race card oh disney's race card oh it was oh um
0: john john uh how do you pronounce his last name
1: Boy Don't tell
2: him, he's just trying to get okay. the answer out of
1: you like, Pick the most generic name
2: Was it your myth?
1: I'll give you the
0: quote he said, he said that being in a movie franchise Was like being in a luxury prison Out of the Star Wars movies And to be honest That's a prison I'd gladly take Why, why, why are you saying you're a prison? I mean you get paid a lot of money All you do, like, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I've never been an actor, but I'm guessing it's not as hard as, I mean, being a plumber or working in a (laughs) mine or being in an
1: actual Um, prison. I'm sure sure Alex will disagree with you. (laughs) Uh, But yes, uh, you're quite right. So this is the news that John Boyega has said blockbuster franchise movies are just luxury prisons for actors. You've kind of already started answering my question uh, for you, Saul. I generally think that
0: people who live luxury lives and then complain about those luxury lives, I mean, I just don't understand it. I generally think (laughs) that you've lost touch with the common man now. You've lost touch with what the general public actually experience. I mean, yeah, his life can be hard, and a lot of people, a lot of actors have difficult moments and difficult hard lives but i'm not calling that out i'm i'm calling out this idea that if i'm in luxury but i have to be bound by a contract which everyone in the world is to and um that i'm in prison by this contract
2: yeah the the term luxury prison just doesn't really (laughs) sit right right? yeah
0: no it doesn't i mean like i I have to go into an office every <laughs> every day for you know eight eight plus hours to do, to, to do my work. Uh, you know, I'm not calling that a luxury prison.
2: That's just prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's just prison. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I think I would have to agree. I mean, I I've agreed mostly with John Boyega because he's been in the news a lot since mm-hmm. Star Wars Episode Nine released, and I agree that his character in that series. Didn't turn out to be much of a character, really. They kind of did just use him as a bit of a a diversity tick, which is a shame because I I quite like John Boyega, and I think his character that they initially established had the most potential and was the most interesting. They just didn't... Well, I don't think the writers were actually competent enough to explore the idea of a stormtrooper who's defected uh, and having him struggle with, all right, do I now fight against my essentially my brothers and sisters who have also been abducted or I, you know, so, so I don't think they did a great job with that. So I've, I've agreed with him so far on the way that Disney have sort of used him as they needed to just more for publicity than anything. However, the term luxury prison seems like a bit of an oxymoron, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, for sure. I wish my prisons were a little more luxurious, you know, <laughs> if only.
1: Having said that, acting, is a much harder gig than I think most people think. Yeah, there is a massive difference between the best performances, or even the weaker ones that we see on the silver screen in the in these large movies, and then almost anybody else's attempts to act.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. With so there is actually a massive gap in talent.
0: I take back my comment that it will, like it doesn't compare to other jobs. All I'm saying is that the reward for that is much higher. Yeah than other jobs
1: yeah no no which is fair enough but i mean acting especially in these big franchise movies it it usually involves a crazy diet and workout schedule when i was working on (laughs) 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 i was training for hours in the morning and then also on set in between takes and then i was basically only eating plain chicken and broccoli the entire time. So like no carbs, no sugar. I've got a bit of a sweet tooth, so it was a nightmare. You know, so it was physically taxing as well as also, you know, the pressure of being on set. But then also, you know, you're working very long days where you have to be constantly alert throughout those 18 hours because a whole lot of nothing might happen for hours where you're not required. But as soon as it does, it's all go and you have to be present, which is quite draining. For both the cast and the crew, that's that's everybody who's working on set. So I have a massive appreciation for what actors do. But yeah, we kind of touched on before, Robert Downey Jr. getting paid 60, 70 million for an appearance in Endgame. And that's not including, you know, his subsidiary pays, you know, like he'll have written into his contracts, you know, as the movie is continues to be sold, he'll be getting money from that box off returns and whatnot. I think that might be a little excessive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the, I think that's the issue I have is the,
0: is the luxury part of it. Like, if you're, if you're, yeah, for, for, um, like you said, there are lots of actors who are out there who are, you know, working, have to work out, keep a regime, and then have to be on set eighteen hours a day and ready to go at any moment, kind of like a luxury army camp or you know, something like that, but. <laughs> The luxury prison side just doesn't sit well. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with your comments, but if you're getting paid millions of dollars or you, you're you on the A-list and you've got a really luxurious lifestyle, a contract isn't a bad thing.
2: <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying, but you can also see where he's coming from, where it's not like he's complaining about the job as a whole. He's just, he's like, they dress it up as, it, as you know, this big luxurious thing when maybe in reality it's not and he's doing all this hard work behind the scenes and it looks like like we get the what looks like the payoff and what looks like you know he's getting paid to do minimal things but like Callum said a whole lot more actually goes into it behind the scenes and then when you get that and it's actually like a living hell for the people then they're like it's it's a luxury prison in that sense, so I can see where he's coming from. But one, yeah, like like you guys said, it's just n- not the way you word it, my guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> just
2: changing it, phrasing bit. slightly. Yeah.
1: So uh, moving on, I'll, I'll open this next clue up to either of you. So first person to jump in with the right answer gets the point. Here goes. Which ministry is under new management?
0: Uh, Harry Potter. Is it HBO Max?
1: Yes, you're quite right. This is the news that there is new management at Warner Media for the Wizarding World, as they call it these days. Tom Ashim, I'm not actually entirely sure how to pronounce his last name, uh, but he is responsible now for expanding the franchise, and presumably with new movies and, uh, and an already announced TV series on the way to be put on HBO Max. So, are you guys excited for more Harry Potter spin-offs? Yeah, I would I would rather
0: they did a, a TV series of the um, original books and rebooted that, did it properly, didn't miss out really important details that they have to continue changing the whole plot platform because they forgot to put something in.
1: I would agree with you, Saul. I'd actually be keen for a Spider Verse style animated series where each chapter of the books is actually an episode and they keep it 100% accurate to the source material. Like, down to the color of the socks that are described. You know what I mean? Like, I would definitely watch that.
2: <laughs> that could be fun.
1: Down
0: to the color of the eyes.
1: Well, yeah, and yes, yeah, because I <laughs> see. <laughs> Danny Radcliffe has the wrong color eyes in the movies. Yeah, especially when in the books, it makes such a big deal out of him having his mother's green eyes. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I w- I would like to see it animated just purely because then you don't have to worry about you know the CGI. You're you're totally immersed in the world then, and there's just you can make it a different tone. You can straddle the the line a bit more between it being serious and funny whereas i think especially in the latter movies they just end up yeah. being so grim I know the big the books get progressively like that but yeah there's a lot more pretty gloomy there's a lot more like fun stuff still in the books especially in book five and, and six
0: yeah well the, even then there's just so much more you can do like if you had it animated this the creatures and the characters and the and, and the different magical things you could do so much better and i they just missed a lot of opportunities especially like even just the sporting events like the quidditch it it, it just they,
1: they definitely phased it out after the second movie didn't they yeah
0: it just wasn't utilized enough to make you feel like you were actually
1: like in this wizarding world and that thoughts on the harry potter movies
2: I do like the idea of an animated series because then they can avoid the whole awkward situation of, oh, we have to recast these iconic characters, which, you know, people always run into and then shy away from and then make the wrong decisions and uh, upset hordes of people. And like you said, you can do way more actual like magic when it's not a real world. So I agree with that. I am a fan of the older movies. I I guess it's just, you know, what I grew up with, what we all grew up with, and so you you learn to love them. But, yeah, I I don't know if it needs all of this, especially with the problematic author, which we won't get into. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's like if they're going to keep expanding the universe, they need to stay true to, you know, the source material. But do we want more source material from... Her <laughs> or does, does the world kind of will they react well to it that's the thing as well it's like will they will it be as fun or as fresh or as cool as they want it to be with kind of that long gloomy shadow behind it that was you know her, her like i said a problematic past which i know you know separate the art from the artist but it's still hard to do
1: i actually fell asleep during crimes of grindelwald yeah um, so I, th- I thought it was horrible. And to be honest, I, and here we go, another hot take for you. I did not enjoy the Harry Potter movies really after the second movie. I love the ones that were directed by Chris Columbus. I liked his tone and style a lot more than when they went the more gothic route and so i feel mm. like in an animated series they could get like i felt like the first two were actually more true
2: yeah i, I never read the books i know shame shame how dare oh, well, what a dweeb kicker off the podcast
0: if you do anything in your life you must listen to them by stephen fry
2: 100% so. <laughs> <laughs> right on but yeah but as someone who's, who didn't read the book my little sister is reading them currently and she's like i hate it they didn't do this they didn't do that And i was like oh well i'm you know in the dark (laughs) on that sort of thing so i just watch it and it's i appreciate it for what it is but i have I I, I do understand that if you know you grew up with the book or if you read the book first off how disappointing it probably could be
1: i mean a, a good question would be does it even need to be turned into another franchise as it were probably not. But now that Disney Plus has Star Wars and Marvel, and Amazon has Lord of the Rings and The Boys, HBO Max has Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, Netflix has The Witcher and sort of Stranger Things and The Umbrella Academy, mm. Begun, The Franchise Wars has. Yeah. And with that, Saul is on 16 points. Ooh. But Nat is uh, streaking ahead with 19. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh, my number go.
2: guessing skills.
1: Yes, uh, which means it's time for some bonus points. These next clues will be quickfire, so they're available to both my guests uh, and a last chance for Saul to sneak his way back to the top. Uh, here goes. How many movies featured in the 2020 Super Bowl ads have actually made it to cinemas?
0: It was four. Oh. Only Four.
1: You are spot on. Only four. The Invisible Man, Mulan, Sonic the Hedgehog, and SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run. Uh, although technically just three as uh, SpongeBob. Apparently, I didn't know this uh, until I did a bit of research, but it only opened in Canada and went straight to Netflix, so... I don't know what's uh, so special about, you know. Canada. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Nick. Uh, But I mean, the connection between SpongeBob and Canada, but who knows, maybe they're they're super fans over there.
2: What's so special about Canada? (laughs) Put that on a T-shirt, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For our next item. If you need a cameo for your next reboot, who are you going to call? Oh, that's Ghostbusters. Yep. Do, do you know who's been hinting at a cameo?
2: The guy with the glasses, right? And the yep. weird hat, the colander hat.
1: Yep. Oh, yes. His name is Rick Moranis. <laughs> He's the guy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
2: Right.
1: Oh. So, yes, Rick has made some comments that hint at a possible cameo in the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, along with news that they are releasing a special blue Twinkie as part of the marketing in America.
2: Oh, yum. Uh,
1: And for our final item this week, and this one is going to be worth, well, I want you guys to get ahead of Charles, so. (laughs) 20 points.
2: 72 points.
1: This next one will be worth 12 points. So, quick off the draw, guys. Here we go. First person in. Which viral video that dropped this past week featured a lizard fighting a monkey? Uh, Godzilla Kong.
2: Oh, I, I was thinking like something so dumb, like Aussie Man Reacts or something like that, but no.
1: The long-awaited Godzilla vs. Kong trailer just dropped, along with an announcement of a March 26th release date.
2: Oh, I'm so upset. I definitely knew that, but I was thinking viral videos, like stupid memes, not... <laughs> <laughs> <gasps>
1: And that's it. So final scores on the doors. Nat made a valiant effort and you could argue, deserved the win. Uh, but, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I think I Ooh. It was really good on the um, win.
2: I'll with, take it. I'll take it. Let's just end it here. Just end the podcast here. Everybody heard it. You heard it at home. My many fans, Callum has just announced me as the official winner. You made your <laughs> out
1: now. Made a valiant effort. <laughs> <laughs> with 20 points, uh, but it is Saul today who snatched victory in the very last moment with 30 points. Oof. Which, unfortunately, means that you don't overtake Charles. So, Oh,
2: no. Tragedy.
1: So, congratulations, Saul. Uh, you've won yourself a true feeling of achievement for at least the next week. Uh, I'm afraid for you now, so you must wallow in self-pity and defeat. It's It's fine. Was this a good week for the movie business? Do you reckon the news of this past week deserves the official seal
2: of approval? Just for the wonkers, yes.
0: In terms of movie news, yes, seal of approval. In terms of what's happening to the industry, can I quote Christopher Nolan in saying, HBO Max is the worst streaming service?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, uh, yes, you can. I concur. Quite right. Uh, I think I would agree with both of you there. Uh, so uh, that's it. Three three for three. That is an official seal of approval for this last week. Uh, for our audience out there, what was your news highlight of the week? Did we cover it? Did you agree with anything we had to say at all? Let us know. Thanks for joining me uh, today, Nat and Saul, and for all of you at home. And we'll see all you next time. He's a very down-to-earth person, you know. You get varying degrees of ego in Hollywood. And Wait, he's... you've
2: met this man? Uh, yes, yes. What? Why, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> That's one of the first things you should announce when you meet people, Callum.
1: I work in the film industry. I regularly meet...
2: You should drop names active. more often. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. You would have been instantly, like, 5% cooler if I had known. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This podcast would have instantly been listened to 5% more.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Just drop at the start, at the very beginning, before the seal noises, you know, like, you know, well, no, I met this famous person before. And then go into the.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That has to be in (laughs) Amazing. That's
2: that's,
1: that's (laughs) made in (laughs) like 16.
2: He fixed it in post.